Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? I think they will get one of those Champions League places. Should be an absolutely phenomenal achievement for Eddie Howe and his players. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball, daily. If New York score this, it's all over. Yeah. And we have witnessed history. Yeah. Going forward with that responsibility is Mike Brosnan. This is it now. Mike Here Brosnan he comes. taking the kick. A very quick one. And he does it. He is, does it. He has won it for New York. They have won the penalty shootout. They have won it. And won this game. The first ever game in the championship for New York. Yeah. There's an invasion of the pitch right now. We have witnessed yeah. history. So uh, that's Ocean FM. It is more the Leitrim perspective than the New York perspective. So maybe not quite the euphoria that was being reflected on the pitch, but uh, interesting to hear it nonetheless. So that was Ocean FM. I presume, Shane Carter, you were a touch more excited. You're very welcome. Hey, how's it going? Um, yeah, no, we were, uh, everyone was in tears nearly at the end. It was just one of those epic battles that just neither team wanted to win or lose the game. It just went on and on. But uh, look, we're happy to be on the right side of it anyway. So, New York know the deal here. You're meant to welcome the opposition over, show them a good time, uh, take your beating, and we'll see you next year. Thanks for playing. So, when did you get a sense, be it 20 minutes into the match or two months ago or somewhere in between, that this might be a bit different, Shane? Um, I got a sense when I first spoke to the manager, Johnny McGinney, when he first called me back in January, that you know they kept 24 of the squad from last year. But there was obviously a massive buy-in. And then um, when I first flew down the end of January for first kind of training weekend, Johnny uh, Johnny Glynn picked me up. He's the captain of the team. And um, I just got a real sense of like something is building here. And he was so passionate about it. Um, and he's a massive warrior on and off the pitch. Just a really, really good guy. And I wanted to do everything I can to help the team. And it was, it was more about how could I add to that Um of, of this really strong bond that they already have. I presume very unusual to keep 24 of the previous year's squad. It's synonymous London and New York with lots of turnover. Yeah, like typically in the past, like my first um, t- time playing in New York was when I was 17. I made my debut against Mayo. Um, and to compare, like, look, there's a, a lot of mileage on the clock since then um, for me personally. But uh, when I went back, it, it felt like it was a, a completely different setup altogether. New York teams in the past, there would have been one or two very good players and then lads just kind of thrown in and it, it didn't really have a togetherness. Whereas the big thing I noticed was the massive togetherness that the squad already had. And it felt like an inter-county team that would be back home, you know. Mm. So you're based in Boston. What's the commute like to New York and how often did you make it over the course of the year? Yeah, so I'm in Boston here the last two years. Um, I play with Donegal Boston, my club, and uh, the big thing for me was that I wanted to stay. Look, I'm, I'm living and working here. I really enjoy the city, um, enjoy what I do. So my thing was I didn't want to, to have to transfer back like to play club football in New York. <clears throat> and um, because New York was my first home county, it's who I represented. And I came up through the minor board ranks with, with the Rangers club in New York. So um, up until I was uh, 18, 19. So for me... I, I always knew I wanted to finish my kind of intercounty career with New York. Um, and when I spoke with Johnny, we just kind of mapped out what it would look like. So we planned it was it was ten trips in total, 
um, starting the end of January. And um, so ten, the last trip would then obviously be the game. Um, so I'd fly, I'd leave the office at like one thirty in the afternoon. Um, and then I'd take an Uber to the airport, Logan Airport, hop on a, a quick flight down to Westchester Airport, a small little West uh, Airport north of the city. <clears throat> and I'd jump in another taxi then down the road to Yonkers where my father has a house and I'd kind of have a small bite to eat and then head down to, to Gaelic Park to go train around 7 o'clock. I'd work remotely Friday um, and then uh, train Saturday and Sunday and back up the road on the flight again. So it, it actually worked out quite well once you got into the routine, you know. Yeah. So you mentioned there you made your debut for New York in 09 against Mayo. You grew up in New York. Are you So were you born to Irish parents in New York or, or, or New Yorkers and, and with strong family links? Because obviously people know you, would, you were back and played for Dublin for a number of years as well and won two All-Irelands with Dublin and, and a, a club All-Ireland as well. So so what's your background, Shane? Yeah, no, like my, my both my parents are from Rohini in Dublin, so there was always strong ties to, to Dublin and um, particularly down to Vincent's when I when I did go back. But um no, they, they, they both moved over when I was like three or four. Um, it was right. around the ninety four, around the ninety four World Cup, and um, my dad was very, um, was a very hard worker. He was a carpenter and loved it in New York. So he he was like, "Look, I'm I'm staying here." And um, in fairness, my mother was more of a, a homebird. She always wanted to go home, so it just worked that my mother moved home and my dad stayed here. And then I just kind of grew up in schools in America. And then when I was eighteen, uh, I always knew I wanted to go back and try and play for the Doves and get into the, the Vincent's team. So that was kind of a, a dream that uh, I kind of helped get into reality and um, went to DCU. I was lucky to play some really good DCU teams and um, it just went full circle oh. then. So the primary reason you left New York and came back to Dublin was to play for Dublin? Correct, yeah. Yeah, that would have been the, the goal when I was 17, 18, yeah. Wow. And how many people said to you, I mean, best of luck, buddy. <laughs> um, pretty much everyone, to be honest with you. Uh, it, it had never been done before. So uh, my whole thing was just because it hasn't been done before, it doesn't mean that it can't be done now. So uh, I was very strong-willed and I was very lucky to get some some excellent coaching in Vincent's. Um, and that really gave me the platform to to put a map in place of how I could actually do it Um, in terms of like goal setting and every week trying to work on things of how I can get better and seeking that feedback of always trying to get better. Um, And then when I got into the Dublin setup, I was just uh, in awe of how professional everything was. And I just tried to soak it in as much as possible and learn as much as possible. And and now it's kind of gone the opposite way. Now I'm I'm one of the older guys on the, the New York team and I'm speaking to some of the younger guys saying like, look, you're as good as anyone that's back home. Um, you know, I've played with all the lads like James McCarthy, Jack McCaffrey, or any of these guys. Like, I'm trying to tell these younger guys that, like, just because you haven't grown up with the game doesn't mean that you can't be as good. That's so interesting. I, I had no idea those years on the panel that that was your story. And when you arrived back in Dublin yeah. at, at 17, 18, were you behind the curve? Were you off the pace? <laughs> like, the big thing that New York that we don't have, right, is that it's not played year-round and they're not getting games year-round um, and the standard probably isn't as high. So uh, probably a little bit off the pace, yeah, I had a, a bit of work to do, but like I was willing and, and eager to put that work in um, and that's probably the most important thing. Uh, I was so hungry for it that I just found a way to you know, to always be asking for feedback and, and looking to, 
figure out a way to make things work. Like I was never, I knew I wasn't going to be as, as skillful as the likes of Derek McConley or, you know, Mossy Quinn and Vincent's, but I knew I could ask them, well, how can I get better? And uh, trying to control the things that, um, that were controllable, such as the fitness. I was like, well, I can, I can probably go after becoming the fittest player on the team and strength wise. So all those things I tried to really go after and then try and work on the weaknesses, just say of my left foot. Which you could probably see on Saturday came to fruition there at the end. Thank, sure thankfully. did. Your fitness has been talked about by any of your teammates I've seen over the last couple of days. Paddy Andrews here on the football podcast. Paul Flynn, I saw referenced it on the link up you did on the Sunday game highlight show. They both said you were the fittest player in the Dublin camp, and that is a Dublin camp with a couple of greyhounds who could, I would think, run all day. So, I, 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 of course, hard work. Have you, you know, done any tests? Is your VO2 max capacity off the charts? Are you are you naturally inclined to be fit or was this just ferocious, ferocious work? Um, I'm not really too sure, to be honest. I'd say it's probably some sort of genetic. I mean, my father was a big... Uh, weightlifter he weightlifted for Ireland for a couple of years and he was big into the gym so I always as a kid was always in the gym watching him um and then I naturally would just find like if there was a fitness test tonight and we and I turned up I just felt like I could just run uh for whatever reason um but yeah I mean look I was fortunate to be part of some of those like that Dublin team like you said there was a lot of greyhounds in there and that just made I think my part was to try and drive the lads on in terms of in training and just being a dog and never making it easy and trying to fight for a jersey. So uh, I was very lucky to be part of that as well. Who was generally the man in your jersey there, or the jersey that you wanted? <laughs> Paul Flynn or Dermot Conley, so I was up against it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's kind of hard to knock on Jim Gavin's door and say, here, what's the story? Say again? It's kind of hard to knock on Jim Gavin's door and say, what's the story? Why am I not in ahead of those two guys? Uh, I did a few times and, and he just kind of was like, look, you're doing everything right, but uh, like, it's, it's a difficult one to try, and, to try and move either two of them. Like, you know, like both of them as, as a kid growing up were, were always idols, you know, so to yeah. try and even be around them was, was, was great. So what was the motivation? I mean, look, I, I get being part of that high performance environment must be an, an amazing thing and of course you're winning all Ireland and you're getting some game time but I guess you're one of those interesting cases who has uprooted his entire life is training ferociously and giving up a huge amount of his time in the knowledge that he's probably not going to play 70 minutes all that often and yet you keep doing it Yeah I mean the motivation for me was um, I wanted to prove to myself and to everyone else that like anything is possible whatever it was playing for Dublin. Um, like I, I remember I, when I was at about 15, 16, I wrote down a couple of goals um, that I wanted to do. And three, like, I'll give you the three of them. Was, number one was to, to win an All-Iron with Dublin. Number two was to win an All-Iron with Vincent's. And then number three was to win a championship game with New York. And I thought it might have gone the, the three. The other way, I might have won the game with New York first. But yeah. as it turned out, it was it was nearly the latter. But um, yeah, I mean, it just... It just really does go to show, like if you do set your mind to something and you you put everything you can in place to, to go after it, then you, you can you can actually achieve it. You know. When did you go back to New York? So I didn't. Um, I, I was working in Bank of Ireland for four years and was very content living in Ireland um, and playing with Vincent's. Like 
the club for me was a massive part. Of, it, it helped shape who I am today. Um, like, like everyone in there was just a massive part of my life. Um, and I went to Boston in 2018. Myself and Dermot Connolly went for a summer, mm. and uh, we we went to Donegal, Boston, and we just I just fell in love with the place, uh, the people, like everyone in the club, and um, was brilliant. Uh, we won the championship that year. We had an excellent team. Um, Dermot probably put on one of the 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 ultimate performances. He kicked 12 points in the county final um, that year, but. We, I, I knew I wanted to go back the following summer. So in 2019, then um, I went again and was part of another successful team. We won the championship that year. And then 2020 was COVID and it was kind of at a bit of a crossroads in terms of like, look, my football career was coming towards the twilight and um, I, I knew I wanted to kind of find what's next for me uh, work-wise and career-wise. So uh, I was in, my father lives in New York, so I was over during COVID visiting him and I ended up coming up to Boston for a weekend and um, met one of the, a couple of the guys off the, the Donegal Boston team and they were like, look, you have an American passport, would you not think of, of staying here? I said, well, look, if the right opportunity came, I, I wouldn't rule it out. And uh, they connected me with a, <clears throat> with a guy, Fergal Woods, who runs the company I work with now, um, went in and, and met him and uh, we just clicked straight away and uh, he offered me a job. I was like, when can you start? So mm. I had to ring my man and say, look, I'm, I'm actually moving to Boston here. <laughs> I don't know. And she's like, what? Oh, dear. So, Your uh, parents must be like, yeah. our son, we love him. He's a strange kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know if I'm coming or going, but uh, if I set my head to something, I'm, I'm all in, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and like it just shows that the GA network, like there's that old line that if you walk into a GA club, any GA club, any part of the world with a problem, someone in that club is going to be able to help you with your problem, uh, be it employment or needing help in some way. So it it, it goes to show. Uh, did I yeah. see you say that? So you kicked I mean, with your with your left foot. You kicked five points on Saturday, uh, including the equaliser deep into at a time. Am I right in saying you couldn't kick the ball with your right foot because your quad was in such a bad way? It, it was definitely sore, right? Um, I was kicking threes the week before and uh, I was nearly kicking them too well on my right and I felt something that just wasn't right. Um, I was I was kicking a longer range one and uh, I knew straight away it wasn't, there was something, a bit of damage there. I went into the physio and I put a bit of a rub on it and I just said, look at this stage, we're better just leaving it alone and uh, I mentally just prepared all week that, look, I'm going to try and do as much as I can with my left foot as possible. Right. <laughs> not ideal not ideal preparation but you know what like we had a few lads carrying knocks I know Johnny had a bit of a, a, a knock going in and so did um, Adrian Barty but like we were laughing and joking um, at the physio a couple of days before like saying if we just get if we get through the first half the three of us would be delighted um, you know myself and Barty again we really got on very well like mm. uh, we were joking saying we, we never even trained together fully the, th- the, th- the two of us like yeah. so before the, before the game, I, I actually said, here, Barrage, you might have a word here about like how we're going to set up and try and get some scores here, you know, because we didn't know what way we were going to get them, you know. Yeah, different world. So, uh, I mean, like amazing scenes. I, and and I, I presume it was a great weekend. And now you have the 22nd of April looming and Markovic Park and Sligo. And I mean, talk about a carrot of making a Connacht final. 
is everybody you included going to be able to even travel? I, I, I presume when you're mapping out the year as positive as you're all being, maybe you hadn't fully anticipated 22nd of April. Yeah, I mean, like, look, it was always the, the goal is to get there. So we're lucky that 98% of the squad can travel. There's maybe one or two that are waiting for visas that are on the extended panel. So okay. look, everyone that was in our 26 should be available to go. So um, we're, we're looking forward to it very much. So like like you said, the, the dust is kind of settled now. So trying to get the bodies right and a um, bit of recovery in and look forward to the, the trip back, back to uh, Dublin next week. Okay, well, listen. Uh, oh, you're coming back next week. Say again. You're coming back next week. Did you say? Well, that's that's when. Yeah. Next oh, it's twenty seconds. Yeah. Sorry, geez, the days are flying yeah, by. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Oh, that <laughs> is that is quick turnaround. Very quick turnaround. Saturday, Saturday week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. how, how will your quad be? I mean, <laughs> I'll be honest. If I was marking you, I'd probably stay on your left foot at the moment until we see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I think. Um, I'd say I'll be grand. Like, look, our whole ethos, like, where it's just kind of playing off the cuff, and we didn't really focus too much on Leitrim. Okay. The same way we'll try not to focus too much on Sligo. It's just kind of put the head down and, and give it everything we can, and that's kind of the way the team has gone. We've nearly gone back a couple of years in terms of, you know, I, I felt sometimes the intercounty game can get a bit too uh, professional and a bit too serious, where with our squad it's not really like that we're not focusing too much on tactics or talking too much it's it's nearly like uh probably the dressing room that that's behind you in that picture there the 70s or 80s of that's just you know putting the head down and tearing into it you know it probably makes a lot of sense to lean into that atmosphere and and like for all of the and and to be fair you would have seen it with dublin the the extraordinary uh, levels of progress in terms of preparation and tactics and planning I don't know. I look at a lot of teams around the country and I just think it's turned them almost a touch uh, stale and there's a lack of adventure and, a, and just a, a lack of panache, especially when they have the ball. You know, maybe we overcook it ourselves at times. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think the structure that if you put in place, it, like you have to go back to when you're a kid and you just want to play. And for me, looking back on that game, I felt like all of us were just expressing ourselves um, and maybe um, the Legion team were a bit structured and uh, within themselves, you know, whereas they just didn't, if, if you just focus on going out and play like you're a kid and have the enjoyment and that fun element to it, uh, th- I think that's what hel- that's what the game's all about. That's yeah. why we play is to, is to literally have fun. Like if you look at that New York squad, every single person there is from a different place or has a different background or so we were kind of feeding off that is that everyone is bringing something different to the team mm. and let's just kind of have a go and enjoy it. Yes. And that's that's really what it was all about. You know, I was trying to create that bond of like, we're all in the States, we're all from different areas. Like I'm up in Boston, but we're trying to create that bond of like, look, we're getting together to play football and isn't it great that we're getting to play an inter-county team yes. in Gator Park in a packed house on our turf. Like, let's just go at it. Let's seize the moment kind of thing. And and we did that. It was, it was fun. It really was fun. Jeez. I think you're making everybody want to play for New York. I mean, that is that is how it should be. I think. Uh, what an amazing story! I hadn't, hadn't realised that was your um, your uh, weird and wonderful route to, to where you are in your career thus far. So thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. And I, I dare say the neutral will be wishing you guys well against Sligo. Shane Carthy of New York. Thank you very much. Yeah, hopefully see you out in Sligo next week. Yes, absolutely. Shane Carthy with us live on the line from New York. 
Amazing insight into how all that's come about there. Our Gaelic football coverage and off the ball is in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. And uh, should mention as well, the football pod are hitting the road. They're going to go to Killarney, James O'Donoghue, Paddy Andrews, Tommy Rooney. They'll be at the uh, Southern Hotel for a live episode. Special guest as well on Thursday, May the 4th. So offtheball.com forward slash events is where you can get your tickets all in partnership with AIB.